Okay, my man, we got um, but so Super Saiyan Bob, but I. So okay, well, first off, where did we? Where did the nickname come from? Super Saiyan Bob. I was literally just creating my Instagram, and everybody in school called me Super Saiyan because I just turned up like a Super Saiyan. (laughs) And I watched the show myself, Dragon Ball Z, and I just fit Super Saiyan. Bob, and you, if you don't have Super Saiyan, Bob is a very boring name. So it's pretty Super common, Saiyan Bob. Yeah. No shit. Saiyan Bob. When you mean high school, do you, is it high school you mean when you say college? School college, 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 okay. College, college. And when you say show up, is this like for sports or just period? You just get period, to drop on fools randomly. Basketball. Yeah, basketball. A lot of basketball. When you were when you were growing up, was basketball your main sport? Um, it was track until 11th grade and I started playing basketball. That's oh. when I was, that's when I started developing real athletic talent. <laughs> what, what, uh, what kind of track? What would you do for track? 100 meter, 100 meter sprints. Oh shit, dude. But it was dude. only for one year. That's the rock star of the track though. Yeah. Is the 100 meter. So, so you watch and we're just talking like for a minute here before we started. But um, so you're watching the Olympics. Do you watch a 100 meter track? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to the Olympics, um, for me, the Summer Olympics is like number one, even though I'm Canadian and we got hockey in the Winter Olympics. And freaking the 100-meter, man, to be the fastest man in the world or the fastest woman, shit to me. What's surprising, dude, is um, Italy won this year. The fastest man in the world right now is Italian. But he was – there's a caveat to it, isn't there? Isn't he kind of American? Uh, um, I don't know much about him. I – this year, men's track, the 100 meter, was probably the most, I don't know, it wasn't broadcast at all. They did a horrible job, yeah. like, just getting everybody involved, and I don't know. But, yeah, this year, it was women's track for me this year, to be honest. Women's 100 meter really but, took it from me. Yeah, wh- why do you say that? Wh- wh- what about the women's? Is it the Jamaican? Because Jamaican women's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> it Shelly, is. Then you go, oh, my God. Um. Because uh, I don't want And I'm do waiting it. for I'm I'm really just waiting for someone to break Florence's record. Uh, That's pretty much it. Flojo? Yep. Dude, her, how but... long has that flipping record been on? Forever, dude. Like 30 years, I think. I just want to pull up these um these three ladies here one second. Because the the okay, it's uh so Shelly, okay, so it's Elaine Thompson Hira is double gold it's like she's had back-to-back yeah. olympic champion um shelly and fraser price previous to her back-to-back golds in olympics and she's a silver medalist also jamaica and then the bronze medalist was also from jamaica dude jamaica just yeah murdered. i didn't pay attention to the bronze but i know they had like a all jamaica yeah they, they had all yeah they just murdered it man jamaica's got like four to five million people that's like toronto they, they got like a like a big city in terms of population and they fucking show out, man. Like they, they, in terms of track, I don't know how they do it, but they, they, they kill it, man. They got dynasties run it. Genetics. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's a lot of genetics for sure, but also like the U S is like 350 million, like, um, and there's a lot of genetic freaks in the U S but they like dedicate so much to that one particular, like, like, track. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of Texas and powerlifting. Right. Like how, you know, you go to a high school in Texas, like a big high school, they probably have powerlifting as a 
as a hobby or a sport or something. Yeah. And as compared to New York, what's powerlifting? Yeah, yeah. It is um like if you got that's what it is. If you're a nation with fewer people, you better go all in on one sport and try not to win them all. Like Canada with hockey and like you know, like Taekwondo in Korea, Japan, judo, whatever the shit, right? Go all in on one of them. Mm. Don't try to do it all. And um Jamaica's like, bet we got track. (laughs) You know, like bet I'll see you on the track. 100 meter, 200 meter, we're a fucking problem. The relay were a problem. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, our boy, DeGrasse, I don't, I don't know if you were paying attention. He won the 200 Canadian, won the 200 meter, got a bronze on hundred. That's big for us. Um, yeah. he's, he's good. He's like huge in Canada, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember his story with Usain Bolt. Oh yeah, man. When, I remember that. Do you remember? I remember they, uh, when they were running in the quarterfinals last Olympics, usually you pull back a little bit. You don't go all out because if you go all out quarterfinals and you got the finals coming up, the, the other quarterfinal oh. or semifinal heats, if they didn't go all out and they qualified, they're fresh. And if the guy beside you in your semifinal heat forced you to go all out to win, because only top two in that semifinal advance. So if that right. dude who's number two behind you pushes you like that, you're like, my brother, what are you doing? We got a fucking final. Yeah. You know, we're going to get killed. Both of us are going to be tired. So he pushed, he put, hey. grass pushed him. And afterwards, Bolt hit the media. I was like, that wasn't cool, man. People like, how do you feel about that? That was a race. He was like, fuck, man. He didn't say fuck. Yeah. He's like, we got a, we got a final coming up. What's this guy do? Try to prove. I'm done. I loved it. I didn't even know the backstory behind that, to be honest. But yeah. I just know he was, I didn't even know the backstory. There, there was something there. They, they, they were like frenemies, man. It was weird. Him and Bolt had like a little bit of uh, big brother, little brother. One guy's on his way up. The other guy's obviously that was, that was uh, Bolt's last Olympics. He was on his way out. And there could have been a passing of the torch moment. And um, there was some similarities in terms of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, do, let me ask. Do you think someone will ever run a 9-4? Ever. No wind assistance. At ever. some point, man, it'd be difficult, though. Like, I don't know, man. You you have to think at some point we're going to reach our max, no? Does this shit just go yeah. on forever? Are we going to end up running two seconds? Like, this has to, it can't go on forever, right? Yeah. Mm. I just think the human body, you know, the human body is definitely not built to run under nine. Maybe nine four, maybe nine three. It's but we just, got our limits. We definitely got our limits. Yeah, like you would think at some point, that's why we're, I know we're talking fractions of a second, right? But yeah. But at some point, like they say, you, we only just get better, 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 better. Got you. But in some sports, at one point in time, somebody's going to come around that's an absolute freak that even though the rest, the rest of like, I think the rest of the field might get better, better, better. But at some point, a freak's going to come and he won't always be and she won't always be from the latest generation. They just come when they come. They're born when they're born and it is what it is. It always happens. It at always some happens. point, somebody. The rest yep. of the field will get better as technology gets better, blah, blah, blah. But somebody will be born that's like, I'm the fucking chosen one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you, got, oh, you got so many. What do you think of basketball? You, I don't want to get LeBron. controversial. So, wait, LeBron, wait, you you're mean? a LeBron guy? Okay. Eh, I'm older, dog. I'm saying Jordan, but. Oh, of course, Jordan. Are you crazy? Of course, Jordan. Jordan Dude, got it. Who do you Jordan think between it. Jordan and LeBron? It's Jordan? Yeah, I feel like if you say LeBron, then come on, man, do your research. 
Okay. I mean, you you can't beat six for six for one. And come on, Jordan, the mentality take over the fourth quarter. Yeah. And this is uh, Jordan had the perfect storyline. Basically, I'm not gonna lie. You can't beat that. Did you see the last dance? Yeah. I swear to God, Definitely. I was so I was in high school in the nineties, right? Cause I'm older. So I remembered, I wasn't like, so I was around and I, even though I already knew how the story ended, I watched the last dance. I swear to God, I almost got emotional when, when he, his dad died and he comes back uh, when he comes back after taking time off and him, his dad were close and yeah. on his comeback championship game to win it all. And it's on fucking father's day. And it's the first title without his dad present. It's like, it's like, who's writing the script? Because this is too much. Right. That shit is crazy. <laughs> that shit is crazy. And it was like, this is, and then watching what he did, pull himself together. First championship with his dad. It's on Father's Day. And he pulled himself together, led the team, gets the title, goes back in the locker room. You see him break down. Yep. A strong man like that. It's tough to see a man cry. Especially his breakdown when he's that tough. When you watch yeah. that, you're like, that's tough, man. That was tough. I was like, holy shit. That's that if that's not goat right there, you know, when everybody would understand if you fell apart, but you don't. Not until the game, yeah. not until the job's over. That's uh, uh it's one of my favorite players definitely helped me like motivate me with getting that mentality, basically. Him and Kobe and uh I mean Kobe really. I was really a big basketball head when I was growing up. Mm. But yeah, that mentality, I love it. The dog in you. Yeah. Got some heart. It means where, a lot. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn. I went to high school in um, Manhattan. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably a 40 minute ride, 40 little minute little commute. And you got brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got a, a little baby brother, seven. And I got a 21 year old brother and a oh. sister, 22. And how old are you? I'm 24. I just turned 24, like, June, July 6th. Dude, you're fucking still young as shit, though, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Holy shit. Just, I don't feel so, but I just entered the open. That's open true. That's now. true. And you've done things, and you've been around, so it feels like, you've, like, you're, like you're mature for your age, obviously. You've done and seen things. But, um, yeah, I mean, so how would you – so you were the oldest. How, would, how do you think your friends would describe you when you're in, in school? How would they describe me in school? Explosive personality. Didn't want to do his schoolwork and always ready to play basketball or something. Always ready. Always. In college and high school was way different for me, though. College, that's when I got my personality just exploded. And and in high school, I was was an athletic introvert. Hmm. I was an athletic introvert. I was very introverted. And then in college, I just just exploded. Why do you think? Why? Why, why, why do you think you were quiet when you were younger? Was it before you were like? Um, it's just what it was, to be honest. I wasn't really shy. I was just quiet. Like I, I, was, quiet. I was focused on me. I think it was because I wanted, I wanted to do big things with my goals or something. The basketball, I really wanted to get somewhere with that. Um, I was just always focused on myself. Like in a crowd, like I remember when I was in high school, I, this is crazy because like later on I do like motivational speeches in like rooms full of people in like um, everything else I do. But when I was in high school, I didn't say shit neither. People like people think if they met me, they would, I'm like, dog, that wasn't me when I was in high school. I was shy. I remember, I still remember when I would like started, 
I had a couple drinks, started telling jokes. The room was laughing. People were like, man, this fucking guy's funny. And I remember nah. thinking in my head, I'm funny. And I didn't even think I was funny. That was weird to me to hear. You don't, when you're young, I know like later on in life, you take things for granted because you open up and it is what it is. But sometimes when you're younger, you don't even know when two people tell you. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just like, when you're shy yeah. and introverted, you don't realize. And then later on, people are like, dude, you got a great personality. You got this, you got that. And you're like, I do? I didn't know exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah. Yeah, that's it. and then what do you think in college was it that you started... Like, for, was it the same crew from high school to college, or was it Ooh, new people? No, a ton of new people. I went away. Um, I went to a SUNY, a uh, state university. So, uh, hella new cultures, uh, and you get to, you know, you're away from home. Yeah. You, you just your personality just gets turned out. Turned <laughs> up. You just get turned out, to be honest. And it happens to everybody. I swear, it happens to everybody. My <laughs> brother is is way more introverted than I ever was. And even he's like, you know, opening up a little bit going to college. Uh yeah. My little one though, my seven year old, um, he's explosive as hell already. Personality is through the window. So really? We know yeah. He's he's a wild character. It's um it's there is there's something to having older siblings that frees up some shit too though. Like I remember yep. like when I was in high school it's one thing, but I had an older brother and it'd be different when, you know, like your brother's is two years older. So he's still around. I'm grade 10. He's in grade 12, but it's different when you're mobbing around and like all the grade 12s know who you are because you're older brother. And then um, yeah. it just frees up a little bit. You're a little bit more confident with things. Right. Whereas like, so it helps. Whereas your little brother is got like, you guys are almost like uncles as well. So you're like not a dad, but you're like old enough that you're an adult. You know, you're not a, a kid. So you can like talk to him. You're a cool guy. It helps me. Like you can reach about different levels. He'll look up to you totally different. Yeah, I, li I like how you said that because that's actually facts. That's true. <laughs> it helps me. I mean, sometimes, um, yeah, it's tough, man. Dads can't necessarily be, right. you know. Not, like not the cool, yeah. Or your boy, like you're, really. you're not, not going to talk to your dad about certain things, man. You're just not going to open yeah. up to him about certain things when you need to. But you will to your brother. Sometimes your brother yeah. will be like, "What the fuck's going on? What I'm hearing this? What's what's going on with this guy? Or what's going on with your one friend? What's he all about? Like, what's you know, your brother? It's different. Your dad, you get defensive and you just don't say shit. Your brother, you're not going to lie to your brother. You know, your older brother, be like, come on, don't lie to me, <laughs> right? It's right. a whole other level of opening up, which helps, man. Right. <laughs> It's a, <laughs> we're going deep right now. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so when you went to, to college, did you go there to play basketball or was nah, the other? Nah. No, okay. It wasn't to play basketball, but I had a roommate, shout out to SSJ Mark. Um, he was on the team. And honestly, the goal was to get me on the team. But it was division three, but uh, still the goal was to get me on the team. And that's how I actually found powerlifting. No shit. To be honest. Yeah, that's how I found powerlifting. That was my first trying to get stronger for the basketball team was my first time experiencing the weight room. Dude, and so you were weightlifting before then? Nah, no way. Holy moly. Yeah, I couldn't even afford a gym membership at all. And if I wanted one, it was for basketball. Mm. The YMCA's and stuff. Well, uh, yeah. 
college. So, college weight room changed me. So how did you end up, like, first off, what kind of weightlifting do you, did you do for basketball? Because it's not one of the sports I would think there's a lot of weight weights involved, but maybe that's just my own ignorance. Maybe there is. Actually, there, well, there's a little, I mean, you got to bench like 185 for 10 to make the team, I think. Something like that. You had to have some type of strength requirements. Um, but my training was plyometrics because I wanted to, I, I could dunk already. I could have been already dunk. I'm 5'11". Mm. But I wanted to windmill. I wanted to really do some crazy stuff. So I had to really work hard, lift a little bit heavier than everybody else. But then I got stronger than than usual, like strong pretty quickly. And my brother plays football, but he played football. And he was two years younger than me. And then he was like, oh, how much you squat? And I was like, I don't even know what a squat really is. Well, how much do I squat? And then he said he squatted three plates. And I was like, damn, you're younger than me. There's no way you should be squatting more than me. <laughs> and so I squatted 305, not three plates. And I was mad as hell. And then that's when I started to take my strength more serious. And then it got from training for basketball to best my brother and then just going off from there. And it happened quickly. Like it happened. Um, it was literally at the end of the school year, like approaching May. And then literally started lifting in um, 20, I think it was. I know I was turning 20 years old. Don't really remember the year. It sucks. So we're but, uh, thinking... yeah, I was turning 20. So, all right. So we're around 2017, 18-ish? Yeah. Holy shit, Bob. 17, I think, yeah. 17. In the, so middle of 2017, that is not long ago. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that long ago, to be honest. But then again, when I think about it, it feels like a long time. <laughs> well, That's a, lot, a lot of time. Dude, a lot has happened. Um, yeah. For sure. In terms of like how far you've come, where your strength is at, for you to have been squatting 305, that's a hell of a, you've, you've had a hell of a run in, in a few short years. But in terms of yeah. all that has happened and probably um, for your own growth as an athlete, but like personally, the whole nine difference between 20 years old, 24 is huge. So I'm sure it does feel like quite a bit. So when you started in 2017-ish, did you like, like, did you know about powerlifting at all? Did you, like, how did this all happen? Uh, literally two people literally come to mind when I, like, first found powerlifting. Russell Lorry and um, Larry Wheels. Larry Wheels, I didn't, I didn't know what to think when I seen his, like, bench. Thought it was fake weights. <laughs> literally, I didn't know what to think. And um, Russell Lorry, I saw his YouTube, and the personality got me. And I was like, I, at the time, I was squatting around 500. And I was like, wow, this guy is strong as hell. I want to catch him, you know, I want to catch him because there's no way he can be squatted way more than me and blah, blah, blah. And his personality is dope as hell too. He's a dope guy. Let me follow his journey. And literally I learned about the USATL and I was like, the colorful, when I learned about the colorful plates, that's when I knew I would probably compete one day. <laughs> but um, Larry Wheels and um, Russell Lurie definitely got me into it. And then, you know, it branches off into knowing a lot of other lifters that just motivates you more and more and more and more. Um, yeah, crazy. In, in, my, sorry, go ahead. That, I was going to say, my goal was actually to progress, get Russell Lowry's squat on the dot. He's a major influence in my, uh, really? Yeah, he major influence. I was trying to catch him on the dot because I wanted to catch up. Uh, I don't know why. You were his body size at the time? You were an 83 ish? Yeah, I was, yes. I wanted, I wanted to compete 83 just because he did 83 as well. 
<laughs> well, I was, you know, I, I, could, I couldn't do 83. I was, I couldn't remain 83 at all. Yeah. But yeah, big, and, most, big, big influence. And does he know this? Does he know that he influenced you? Nah. Like <laughs> <laughs> nah, may, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's weird how, because he's a young dude himself. And you don't realize like people coming up and then they start seeing you and you start influencing them. And then later on, they're like, did you know I used to follow you and get motivation off you and inspiration off you? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. People like literally DM me and be like, I got into powerlifting because of you. I read that comment just like a few days ago. And I was like, my guy, that's crazy. I, I just started powerlifting myself. Like I got you <laughs> into the sports. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, so you got into powerlifting and you're training for basketball. And at some point, was it like you were like, I think I'm going to make a run towards powerlifting instead of basketball. Like, how did that work? I, I couldn't keep up. I was squatting. I was definitely squatting 600 at the time. I couldn't maintain squatting 600 and playing basketball every day. Mm. It was a big problem. I, my um, hip flexors got really bad. And I, I was, I'm nasty at defense. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm nasty at defense. My on-ball defense is nice. But my hips just started like, I couldn't play defense no more. It would just get messed up and my knees tendonitis started taking over and it was just I was like wow I cannot play basketball every day but it had to be done so my lips did take a little hit for for a while because basketball I couldn't give that up at the time until you know the semester was over then I would go crazy and, and lift it and that's when I actually met black Tom Cruise rest in peace man uh, so so let's talk about so what I remember when you first broke out onto the scene you were doing videos that were like totally different, man. You were uh, oh, yeah. like flashy, fun videos, and they were fucking fire, though. Like, I remember uh, reposting these, and people were either like, it was divisive, which you need <laughs> to be, you know? So people leave like, you know, it's too much. It's too jokey. I don't like it. And some people are like, I fucking think it's wildly entertaining, which I thought it was wildly entertaining. And like, um, it's it is what it is right this is what happens on social media yeah. so did you start doing those videos before you decided to go on all into powerlifting and your whole online personality at that time was totally different if anyone finds you now yeah let's talk about that a little bit how did that happen how did you did you decide to be that so guy I, I, um literally i was i was living over at oswego for the summer right because i was a personal trainer and i was working and i was my goal was to just live there and get stronger I'm not distracted by no one in the city. Friends can't hit me up. I am in my zone. So my goal is to get stronger. And you have alone time in your gym and no one's there. The, the campus is empty. So I had all these weights and I could literally, it was like a, a, what, a playhouse to me. I could literally do whatever I want. Stunts, box jumps, and whatever. So I did that as only after I finished my main lifts. So I, it was like a deal with me. I can have fun after I complete my, my workout. So everything I did was after my workout. I couldn't do what I was, I couldn't do those stunts before powerlifting. Cause you know, you, you want to save, you want to save the best sets and you want to get your work in to get stronger. Right. The stunts were just me having fun. And I liked being a creator. I loved being a creator and putting together um, some I still do now, but it is kind of cringe now. I'm not gonna lie, it, it's cringe. But I still always have that creator mentality. Like mm, I created this, and it's fire, and I get motivated when I rewatch it. I still, it's one of my favorite videos I made was when I did that pause, twenty second four or five. Yeah. 
I still remember. And for the narrative, that shit was beautiful. Like I could I could watch that now and get motivated. And um, yeah, that's basically that. No, dude. Just, what? Listen, listen. Let me tell you one of my greatest hits of yours. One of my favorites of your hits was when you did like a like a gauntlet of them and you jumped over the uh did you uh, jump over the bench but gave to like shoot his yes. head and like oh my god it was amazing i was like i love this I shit thinking? i was i was i was oh bought in god. i was bought in dude i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> but i did that challenge like four months earlier and i was like a lot weaker so i finished in like 13 something seconds when I did that, 10 second, 1,000 pound challenge. Yeah, but you, I, I don't you know. did just do oh it though. So there are, people, I, there are people who do the 1,000 pound challenge, but you were flashy. You were like entertaining. The way you hopped around and you were like hitting to the camera, pointing to the camera. I was like, this dude has got charisma. There's something there, man. It wasn't just, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. That was, um, damn, my bad. This background card. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was just, that's just me. Like, that was just naturally me, the explosive personality. And I, I'm still, I still am like that today. Um, it's good. I remember it's dropping good. that bar. I remember yeah. dropping the bar. Oh, yeah. Received a hell of backlash. <laughs> I, at the time, I didn't expect that to be any type of, nothing was wrong with that. At the time, I was like, I'm just going to drop this bar so I don't have to rack it. Saves me some time. Jump over the bench. The flashy thing was right in the moment. I didn't even know what the hell I, I was. That was not planned. That was right in the moment. And then, boom. I, I had my G7X camera. I got home. When I got home, I was like, yo, this video is fire. It's fire. Boom. It fucking fire. When you dropped the bar. So for anyone listening, you hit a squat, bailed it onto the safeties, <sighs> And um, and the bar got a little fucked up. Whatever, not like I, what, how fucked up could it get? It maybe a little short, but it it was amazing footage. It was amazing footage, my man. And then you jumped over the bench. And did you what was it? Did you shoot the guns towards the camera? Or what was it? The flash? Yeah, it, that's exactly that was, what I did. That was the co- that was that was the kicker for me. You did the double guns to the camera in midair while jumping the bench. I was like, this fucking guy's got like it's that thing, right? Hit the bench. And uh, and smashed the bench, ran over, did the dead, and um, it was it was not like like I had seen. I'm like, the, people are gonna go wild if I post this. I post that the comments, the shares, the likes, the oh everything, God. man. What was your what was your take? You were like, holy shit, you got a mix. What was my take on that? <laughs> I was in the gym when I um when you reshared it, and I was like, holy shit, like it was like insane to me. I've never seen Instagram notifications go like that. It was just crazy, and I was yo, I was actually very appreciative appreciative because like your page, you know, you shared crazy lifters, and I was like, wow, I'm on. I mean, my my content is different, but I'm on the same page as these other guys. <laughs> it's crazy, and yo, the engagement was crazy. That's another thing too. People hated me back then. That's why I called myself the six nine of lifting back then. Yeah, it's so, a yeah. I know. Yeah, I remember you saying you're the six nine of. I just watched a documentary on last night um of lifting uh, um you know i don't know well i don't know if people like i'm not sure what the deal is though if they're just because it was it was entertaining content and it was lifting you know what i mean like it is kind of what oh, it is. i understand it i totally understand it now especially now like me if i seen someone doing it, i'm like bro what are you doing 
Really? Come on, man. No shit. Yeah, yeah. If 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 I look back, I'm like, if I were to see someone else do this, I'm be like, damn, man, don't do that. This cringe. Stop. <laughs> but if I seen a video, if I, if they edited it and it was fire, I'm gonna be like, right, I see what you're doing there, and you got some athleticism to back it up. You're going somewhere, but you know, because I know a lot, of, a few people recreated my stunt, and it was cringe for me. Right. It was cringe. Yeah. You I should have never done that. You got to be first. That, well, well, what if, like, do you think if you 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 came out the gate with that? What if, like, like Russell does a lot of funny videos? Like, what if you did yeah. it now, being who you are? Is it different now that you've proven I am who I am? Now I'm having fun. So you can't say I'm just flash. You can't say I am a proven lifter having fun. Or do you think it's because you came out the gate with it? So people are like, you're not proven. You're just doing this for you haven't earned. You're just doing it for like a a side way in. You know what I mean? Is that what they? Do you think that's what it was? Is like. You're... You know what? Yeah, it, it could have been that. It could have been, you know, a multiple amount of reasons. If I were to do that now, I'd probably still get. I probably I have a lot of love now, which I appreciate everybody. So I probably wouldn't get crazy backlash. But, you know, it, it, it could go in so many directions. It's weird. It's weird. But, <laughs> hey, I definitely don't regret whatever the hell I was doing back then. It made me who I am today. Uh, I it made me, I feel like it made me injury prone shit. I feel like it helped me help, I don't know, help me have better willpower, uh, not scared of the weights, because I've never been scared of weights, on, honestly. Uh, yeah, so I don't take it back, but, you know. <laughs> it's a part of your history, man. Oh my yeah, God. Like, I love it. Like, I love the fact that you came in the gate one way and we get to watch you develop. Um, you So you, after that, did you have, you had a few videos and this was kind of like a personality you cultivated online personality. You had one where you, you had, um, I forget her name now, but it was like a fitness, one of the fitness. Samantha. Samantha. I, I'll never forget it. Dude, tell me how that, how did oh. this happen? How, tell, talk um, about this video. Say it as though the listeners haven't seen the video. We'll pretend they haven't seen it, but how did this happen? Cause she has a hell of a following. Yeah. Samantha hit me up to do a video. I don't know why, actually. It was very random. When I was in college, it was approaching Thanksgiving, and she wanted to. She wanted me to squat her with squat with her on my neck, and she was gonna eat a pie, but that didn't. I guess the pie, the pies weren't brought or some shit. Um, so it just turned out we just went in the cold, shirtless, with four plates plus her, and I squatted that shit. And you and were you? I almost. That, oh my God, this stuff is crazy. And um, that was my first time ever going into a powerlifting gym, ever. So I, I seen a few kilo plates and I seen plates, deadlift bar for the first time. I actually squatted with the deadlift bar and not knowing what the hell it was. And yeah, oh, and I pulled, I think I pulled 675 over there, huge PR. And that powerlifting equipment changed me a lot, but um, yeah. She changed me a lot too. That's another one that like really inspired my journey. Shout out to Samantha. And, and were you surprised that she reached out? Like, how did she just see some of your other previous videos and thought? Yeah, she saw them. I was yeah, I was posting crazy videos at the time, and I was getting stupid amount of views. So she wanted to collab, and I wasn't shocked because you know I was like, I don't know, I was feeling myself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't shocked. But but the, her ideas were crazy. She wanted me to squat her with the pie on the top. That was crazy. And then were you ever but, like, um, fuck me if I can't do this? Like, I got to make um, sure. No. 
I <laughs> knew I could do anything you do at me. I believe I could do it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. But that was basically my mindset. And, and then, so um, yeah. At this point, were you telling yourself, I'm probably going to be uh, making this type of content and continue on in this direction because the traction. No way. No. Okay. So no what way. was the I plan? actually did. I'm not going to lie. I actually did not really want to do that video. I wanted to just do a squat max or something. Um, the plan, my plan, I was powerlifting. Like I wanted to break a New York record. That was my goal at the time. And yeah, my goal was, I was literally squatting. I was squatting high 600, like squatting it literally high. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Not to depth. Um, <laughs> And I was, I knew it probably would, um, you know, it wasn't going to pass in comp, but I was so close to a New York record because it was like 617 at the time for my body weight. And that was just the goal at the time. I didn't know when I was going to compete, but after Thanksgiving, we went back up to Oswego and then we finished the semester for Christmas. I met Black Tom Cruise in the LA Fitness and that's when powerlifting literally took a turn for I'm in this 100%. No more. My last stunt video was in the past. Everything was behind me. And yeah. It, it, I, <laughs> you know, I noticed. I noticed. I remember when you went from um, the stunt videos and, and you had cultivated, like you had built a following though. Like you went up to, I remember you were on the treadmill and it was like me on my way to 50,000 views or so, or 50,000 followers or something. Oh, yeah. and you were just oh, killing it. Yeah. it. And it was like me chasing down 50,000 or something like that. Or it was like a 400 bench or what I remember anyways, you had a bunch of amazing videos and your following was like jumping so quickly, but um, you, you weren't like full on dedicated into powerlifting yet. And then I noticed you're with black Tom Cruise. His real name's Otis, right? And what, yeah, what's his Otis last Perkins. name? Perkins. Perkins. Okay. Um, and I, rem I, everyone knew him from like, obviously the Larry wheels videos and serious dude, no stunt videos coming from him, man. And, uh, right. he was, uh, that's for sure. And <laughs> he, I remember all of a sudden you guys were like, you went from the stunt videos to you and him training together. I was like, Oh shit. Well, this is, this is an interesting collab. Hey, I remember thinking at the time, and I guess I got to ask you now, Hey, how did you meet him? How did this happen? Cause on the surface, he would have been a dude. You would have been, I would picture the dude who's like outgoing over the top, funny. You had like the quirky personality, at least in terms of the videos, how you were in your day to day, who knows? Cause I know, I realize it's content creation, right? Like you're not walking around mm -hmm. like that all the time, but you know, <laughs> when you're in the video, Samantha, you would play it up, you know, she, she shows up be like, ah, oh, shit. You're like, you know, whatever you, um, you're exuding that. Yeah. Whereas, um, Otis was totally not to Otis was like the dude you see him. You're like, Holy shit. You, you, you be quiet. He make the, he make a, an out extrovert, really introverted. If he's in the room and he would be intimidating character. If you just looked at him anyways, again, how he's like in his day to day could be totally opposite, but yeah, he's very like a, a heartwarming person. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. How we met literally was the most random thing ever. I was with a friend of mine that didn't lift at all. And we were just chilling in LA fitness. And literally I, I was about to hit my, I was warming up for like a 640 squat. And I was on my third to last warm up, and he was literally there. And I was like, I turned around and I was like, what? <laughs> then I introduced, I introduced myself. And then he noticed I had weight in the bar and he's the type of person, if he sees someone that's strong, he's definitely gonna give them their props. And 
hey, I my mindset was, yo, this is Larry Wheels' spotter. Let me impress this man and show him what I got. Cause I ain't a little joke. And then um, yes, I ended up squatting 640 and 585 as my last warm-up with him spotting me. It was high as a high as a kite. But hey, <laughs> at the time, you know, I was a high squatter. But uh yeah, that's that's when um everything started. That's how we uh yeah, started training together. And then he took me to Mount Vernon, and then that's when Mount Vernon opened up everything for me. Mount Vernon Barbell, shout out to them. That gym was beautiful. Every accessory in the world, barbell. Oh my god! And then I met Kevin Oak too. Shout out to Kevin Oak. That when I met Kevin Oak, I I thought I was strong. I, I met Black Tom Cruise. He was strong. Okay, we're probably we were probably around the same level. Okay. Um, but Kevin Oak was like miles away, jaw dropping strength. Squat. I think I remember he squatted nine hundred and wraps. I think pound plates. And it was just a scary sight every single time. Every lift, overhead, bench, deadlift. And I, I used to try to keep up with them, too, all the time. <laughs> it was crazy. I was maxing out every single session. And I had no business doing that. <laughs> it was hilarious. It, it was kind of wholesome if you think about it, but it was still hilarious. And, and again, <sighs> these dudes, the personality on Kevin Oak, um, you would not be like, put it this way. You're not dropping, you're not dropping bars on the safeties and jumping over benches necessarily. Well, I don't know. Like, did they see your videos? How did they take to you, you know, when they hop on your Instagram? I'm not going to lie. I have no, I'll shout Kevin Oak sent me a pair of Barber Commission shorts when I was in college. So he, he knew of me before I met, and he hit me up too. He knew of me before I met him, but I didn't know what they thought about the videos at all. I had I was just bringing my A game. Hey, Bob, if you've been around them, you just got to show them you're strong. Like you are the underdog. You're a big ass underdog. You can't be joking. So I just showed them what I got, and um, I guess you know the personalities fit. I it's just like it just molded into what it became. I don't I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is literally. I literally don't know how I really fit it into the crew. It, it doesn't make any sense to me to this day. Other than our personalities, we were all, everybody was cool ass people. And um, yeah, but I was always like, why me? You know, why me? That's and literally. It, it's tough when you, like when you start lifting with people like that and, um, and they're all over the internet, they're all over social media, extremely big, strong dudes like that. Um, you would get like, fuck, like you, you get that. Did you ever get like imposter syndrome? Kind of like where you're saying like, why me? We're like, holy shit, should mm -hmm. I be here? Should I be with these dudes? What am I doing here? Like, I, or, or even how did it even, who reached out to who and slid in somebody's like, when you got his number, he got your number. You're like, you're going to start rolling with us and we're going to start working out together. How did that even happen? Cause that would be wild. Uh, well, um, with, uh, with Otis, we just randomly met and we took, we, we exchanged numbers and then he hit me up. I didn't think he was going to hit me up, but he actually hit me up and, um, and we went to Mount Vernon and that first session finally met Kevin Oak for the first time. Um, Kevin Oak reached out to me, but Mount Vernon was too far to me to get by myself. So, so when like, you know, it was literally all God's plan, like randomly meeting Otis and then he brought me to Mount Vernon and then everybody met, I met Kiger. Tiger was cool as hell. 
Um, I was expecting to meet Larry, but I didn't think um I didn't know Larry was um already in LA at the time. Uh the final boss. I eventually, yeah, the final boss. <laughs> That's oh it. You don't God. read it right away. No, 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 no. Final boss. Yeah. Ended up meeting him the year after. And it was, yeah, good vibes, pretty much. Um, We got strong and shit. That's all I got to say. I, every, I couldn't have done without him, to be honest. Kyger, Oak, BTC, Jeff, that whole crew. That was a big portion of me getting strong. I remember we were training for my first meet. USAPL, where was it? Albany, New York. So it was a big deal for me. I wanted to do something big. Um, and I just got, I just remember every single session, every session to detail. I know I didn't peak properly at all. I was trading like an idiot. I don't know what the hell I was doing to train my training cycle, but all I knew was I'm resting the week off, the week off. And you know, you're not, you're not even supposed to do that. That's not proper peaking at all. But, um, that's not proper deloading at all, but I did what I did the first week. <laughs> <laughs> it's is it the thing is though you probably were like like a kid living a dream when you're like who it, sure you made mistakes but you were probably just smashing weights having fun getting strong it kind of is yeah. what it is and you really lifting on the deadlift bar deadlifting on a deadlift oh. bar the whole nine man um, the the difference would be you were like. I remember talking to you in DMs here and there and before you had had your first meet. And um, I remember you telling me like, I gotta be ready. I got it, I got it. Cause you had already had a following. Here's the thing. Most people, they don't get a following until, the, until they get strong already and competed and built like several competitions. And then the, the drums start beating. But for you, you had a following ahead of time. So the hype was already there. The followings aren't, so the pressure's already there. And then you're with guys like, like, like you'd already mentioned. So then add on to that, your crew was already certified in this. So it's like, fuck me more pressure now because now I have these guys. So then it became, uh, I remember talking to you and you were like, I was like, when are you going to compete, man? You're like, fuck me. Uh, I gotta, you know, did you feel yeah. that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, pressure. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't feel my first meet. There was no pressure until Oak randomly showed up to my first meet and I did not expect that. I was like, wow, now I got to do something. And they were, they were amazing help. Like I said, I couldn't get through it, through it without them. Like I was cramping and I had never cramped before. I didn't even cut weight and they just helped me out like a lot. Um, there was pressure on my last deadlift. I, he told me to go for a number. I, he went, told me to go for like 680. And I said, nah, I got to put 700 in my first meet. I got to put 700 in my first meet. Failed it miserably. Didn't even break it off the floor because of a bad miss rule. Yeah. But um, I would say there was a little bit of pressure as soon as I seen Oak. And I, I'm, I'm the type of guy I definitely do research with my competitors. I was like, hmm, there's nobody this meet that's really, that could probably beat me. And then there was this guy, what's his name? My bad. I, I can't remember really his name, but he did beat me. I came second place. And he deadlifted 733, and I thought that was insane at the time. Yeah. And that was the only amount of pressure I, I, I faced, like him and Kevin Oak showing up. Like I had to show out, try my best to show out. That was pretty much it. Nationals was different. I think I competed, I competed in June for my first meet in 2019. Yeah, and then Nationals was October 2019. And that was a lot of pressure because I had a little amount of time to get way stronger, way stronger.
Yeah, that was three oh. months. That's only three months away. Actually, just I got it pulled yeah. up. Yeah, right yeah, it was crazy. I didn't know what to expect either, like numbers wise. But um, I did the same thing. I researched my competitors. I I looked at who was in the juniors class. Um, I remember seeing a post on the primetime 93s. I was like, hmm, 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 okay. Um, and then I didn't, you know, research on my juniors, my fellow juniors. And I was like, I knew who exactly why I had to eye out. I remember, I was, uh, Connor, you're, you're a beast. My guy, Connor, Debo, and um, Ben Poor. And I was doing the calculations. I was like, okay, I know Debo is going to age out. I don't have to worry about him. Connor. And Ben, yeah, I got out told you, man. It was just good, all fun, man. But uh, yeah, I was doing hella research, and it was it was pressure to the motherfucking teeth. Really? It was pressure. Yeah, well, like, like pressure from. Do you think because you had a huge following, much bigger than any of them? No, no, not 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 because of the following at all. Just because of me. I wanted to do stuff. Like I wanted to get some type of. I just wanted to do something, make a splash. That was always me, and that's still me. I definitely wanted to do that. I couldn't. I'm, I'm like the go home, go big or go home type of guy. Like, I would rather, I, like I did in my last meet, I'd rather pull something big or attempt something big and risk missing third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And, you know, I'm that type of guy. It's me. It's all me. That's where the pressure comes from. Yeah, you went all in on your last deadlift. You decided we are going when you, your jump yeah. in your last deadlift was because you got 332.5 and you went up to 360, man. You're just a shade under 500 oh, yeah. kilo. Ah, or sorry, 500 pounds. My, I mean, my last meet. Um, wait, wait, my last meet. That was your last for, meet that you did. That was the deadlift, last. Yeah. Right. Ah, you went. You know, oh, I felt so weak on deadlifts, believe it or not, that day. I don't know what happened, but I was, I definitely wanted, I definitely wanted to pull eight. My second attempt was a the weirdest issue in the world. It was not on strength. So I was like, you know what? I'm going up because I could definitely muscle something up. Um, then I went for 792, I believe. And I just didn't have it in me. Didn't have it in me at all. Squats took a lot out of me too. So, And yeah. I was very underweight during prep. That's another thing too. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot from, I'm learning a lot from every me, but I learned a lot from that one for sure. In in because you did you temporarily go above ninety three and start being like an, a small one hundred five? But you were did you tinker with moving to one hundred five? Do I remember that? That right. was quarantine. That was when okay, okay. all the gains were in the fridge, and I was in <laughs> you know it was easy access to food, and I was eating, eating, eating. But then um when I got under Marcellus, finally getting the coach, my metas my metabolism went sped up. I went from two hundred nine. We started in April, and then when Nats rolled around, the same amount of calories that maintained 209 started to maintain 200, 201. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. This has never happened to me before. And it was just, a, just the amount of volume I was doing, new volumes that I was never, ever doing before. And on my workloads, I was training more than ever before. So I lost a lot of weight. Training weight was at a all-time low. And it was weird. My leverage has changed a tiny bit. Mm. So... Just getting used to stuff. Yeah, it's um, it is interesting how like calories isn't 
like it changes. Some people think like however many calories I'm eating now, but depending on how many steps yeah. you take, even your training volume, like you can shift your metabolism with your work rate and you don't realize, yep. oh, fuck, my body weight's dropping, but I'm not eating less. Yeah, but what's your work rate like at? Like it changes, man. Mm. And if your calorie yeah. stays and your work rate goes up and your body weight starts coming down, that can affect your strength. So then you're like, you got to, yeah. it's, a, it's a moving target. It doesn't stay easy. It's constantly exactly. readjusting, you know? Exactly. And it's, it's difficult. I was, uh, I was so mad when I saw myself losing weight, like two weeks out of that. I was already, um, I was already exactly at 93. And then I just started plumbing in a little bit. And then I got, I got um, food poisoning and I got down to 198 and it was just so bad, like three weeks out. And then I had to uh, eat back up. But, yeah, it's all good experiences though. You learn. It is, man. And when you started, so before that, you said you, you finally got on program. So before that, though, were you not on a program yet? Like, what was your training base off of just go in and smash weights? Um, I knew the basics of, like, how often you got. I did a lot of research. Um, I didn't run no program, though. It was all day-to-day, going by field. I squatted around once and twice a week sometimes. Um, I benched a lot. I went balls to the wall and bench a lot and deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I was usually following um going off of what Black Tom Cruise and uh Oak was doing really. We would just have a nice deadlift day and then go crazy. And then I would definitely I did my back downs, uh did some variations, you know, worked on my weaknesses. Like I, I knew what my my uh, sticking points were and I try to hit it with a variation, but it don't really work like that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you gotta be you gotta it don't really work like that. <laughs> when you're yeah, just on the fly, you're kind of freestyling your program every day. Yeah. You're right where you're like, yeah. But it is like the stress level's got to be kind of off. I don't know, actually. I don't know if I would be less stressed going in there doing whatever I felt, or to an extent, the organization takes some stress away when you have a process and you're like, I don't have to think about it. I'm just gonna trust in you, whoever the coach is. And be like, yeah. you got me. You tell me what to do. I don't even think about it. I go on autopilot and do yeah. whatever the fuck you say. There's something about that too. Being like, you mm-hmm. you drive. I'm in the passenger seat. You drive this. And I'm just coming yeah, along for the ride. Uh, it takes a lot of trust for sure. I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I wanted to do stuff without a coach. I was literally anti-coach. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to do whatever it was without a coach. Like Jordan, you know, what? Jordan scoring without his teammates and shit. And he finally learned to trust his teammates. Yeah, yeah, was all, yeah. And that was basically that with me. It was, um, I didn't want to coach at all. Like, it, uh, it was crazy. And I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was just feeding off of just progressing. And I was progressing. I don't know why, but I was progressing. And I just kept going and going. And then I finally, why did, why did I get to coach? It was just on the spot. Jamal Browner talked to me. He helped me out a little bit. And then he was like, yo, get a coach. <laughs> like, you really take it up next level. And then I was like, you know what? What's good, Marcellus? Marcellus is a goat. And how did you end up getting yeah. across? Uh, like, how did you end up finding him? You just, you knew about him ahead of time. You're like, look it. Yeah, we're, we're in a little, little group chat. And we know each other. We've been friends for like, what, a good year and some change. And I trust him a lot. And his communication is like, um, his communication is ridiculously crazy. That's exactly what I want. Um, that's amazing. That alone, I had trust issues with, trust issues with, and um, 
I knew he was smart as hell because I watched his YouTube videos. He was another guy I would watch from um, from um, on YouTube to get info from, along with Hamstring Pappy, Candido, uh, Russell Lorre, although he wasn't really the informative type. I would just watch so many. And it turns out Marcellus and I got along and he was in the same group chat and I watched his videos. So mm. I was like, hey, let me take advantage. Boom. And then, yeah, and then there it is. And, and he's then- a GOAT. What's that? He's a go. Best decision I ever made. Probably. So you've you've made like so. I, I was just about to ask if you saw like a massive difference where it's like, damn, I should have been doing this. <laughs> well, the, the, difference. The, the thing is, like, you almost it's almost good that you had that phase where you could just show up with Kevin, show up with Otis, and just have fun. And you could like that was like a good phase for you guys. You guys grew together. Every fucking video I saw was you and, and uh, Black Tom Cruise together. Like you guys were like yeah. inseparable, dude. You guys were like, you yeah. know, it was it, it was it was like Puffy and Biggie from the '90s. You guys were in all the videos together. It was like we saw one, you saw the other. If you guys showed up at events, you were together. Um, yeah. Like you guys yeah. became a duo, dude. That I, you know, when I thought of when I thought of him, I thought of you. There was a there was a time yeah. period where that was the case. And, um, you know, you've, you've, there's, there's some people, there's some duos like that too, that other people on social media think about, but, um, it's almost good that you weren't on program during that time. So you had the freedom to speak what you're doing today. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get it. Like you, you wouldn't, you would have yeah. missed that. You would have missed yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, uh, I mean, you know, honestly, when I seems like I don't program, it kind of got a little, uh, organized for me. Days got more organized and I had to do things on this day. Yeah. And, um, we see each other a little bit less, but we, you know, we were still hitting it. We yeah. were still hitting it every freaking week. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that uh, it's crazy. Rest in peace, man. And, and, and you during like lockdown, you guys were training together at like one of your houses, or? Oh my god, that was it was amazing, yo. <laughs> we um we were struggling. We were desperate to find a gym to train at, a location to train at, and. He finally found us. He had a hook. We had a few hookups. One was very low key in LA Fitness that we uh, had like two sessions in. Uh, we couldn't post. And then another one was in. We went to Powerball a few times and we went to this backyard in Long Island and it was, we were just hammering it every single week, like <laughs> twice a week. We were so blessed to, to have that. Like we maintained all strength. We couldn't get, we couldn't really get stronger. And I was like, I, I remember I was telling him, yo, when is lockdown going to be lifted, man? I can't get stronger like this. I could only maintain. Yeah, I'm still squatting um, barely almost seven, and I'm still benching four plates and deadlifting like high sevens, but I need to get to the next level. Can't do it with this once, two times a week thing. When is gym's going to open? Goddamn, you know? It, you guys are still shifting some decent weight, though, because I remember some good content coming out of there. And um, yeah. where was it? So this was like somebody's, it wasn't one of your backyards. It was someone else's. No, it was, he had the hookup to uh, Pete, Pete and Victoria are their names. Shout yeah. out to them for letting us use their, their, their space. Um, yeah, they were, they had a gym called Pit of Iron in Long Island and they moved all their equipment to their backyard. And literally we didn't know anybody else that had a bar and like 800 pounds worth of plates or <laughs> even more and a squat rack. So just yeah. squatting. It was it was just an insane timeline, and it just happened. It literally happened. Like it was crazy. And we even went to a park 
for like a few sessions. It was ridiculous. I didn't know. <laughs> Isn't it wild when you think about what the fuck were we doing? Like it's so wild to look back at time and be like, I can't believe we had went through a time period where we were doing this. We were in a park. Yeah. You and Black Tom Cruise were in a freaking park smashing weights. A park trying to lift. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it was uh um so was there more people there? Or was it just you two in the back there? Um it was a one guy called named Jerry. Shout out to him. Jerry was he's a character, he's an explosive character. Jerry G. Uh I got one video with him on my YouTube. Yeah, he's a character. He was pretty funny. And uh yeah, it was just him. Him, me, Black Tom Cruise, Pete and Vic. And we would hammer it every few days, you know. Yeah. Every few days. In the cold, and then I remember it was in the heat at some point. Oh, in the rain. Oh. Because yeah. it's outside, right? It was only outside. Yeah. Oh, and um, Gaglione Strength had a gym that he was coaching Black Tom Cruise, and then we even trained there a few times at, at a pilot gym, Gaglione's gym. So shout out to him too for letting us use that. That was that the kilo plates where we went from um the backyard to the kilo plates. I was like, whoa, wow, it's different. Was it was it a big difference? Like, did you notice? Um. um yeah, I did notice a little bit of the difference. On deadlifts, it was harder because, yeah. you know, pound plates, if you're deadlifting over 750, 700, you're going to get way more whip. Um, kilos, uh, it, it just felt like a brick picking it up from the floor. And it was just so different. Squats was better, believe it or not. I, I can't squat on pound plates to save my life. Bench was a little better because I can't bench with pound plates either. But, uh, yeah, it was a difference. I think it's um, <clears throat> it's likely because when you're squatting and because it's kilo plates, the plates are skinnier, so they're closer to you. And when you're squatting, you want the weight, bring it close to me. I don't want whip on the bar, pull me out of position right. when I'm squatting or benching. I'm trying to steady the bar. Get it close to my back, a position on my back where I want I'm good. But when it comes to debts, if it's like pound plates, so it's further away from you so I can bend the fuck out of the bar. And now I got yeah. like, you know, it's, it's, you could turn a straight bar, like a stiff bar. It's got a lot more bend to it. Even, especially like you said, if it's like well over 700 pounds, pound plates, the weights get further and further away from you. So you're really getting some nice flex on that bar for sure. Yeah. man. it, it changes though. But at the very least, you know what to expect when you go into a competition. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. That's why I always train with kilos nowadays. Like, ain't no way I'm going, I'm going to be on pound plates. Wait, it's, it's, you know, there's lifters that succeed with it, but I like, you know, if you have access to it, just say, try to try them kilos for sure. Even if every I now even and learned, then. Yeah. Even if every now and then. And then I remember when I even got bar specific, I never <laughs> used to be bar specific. I remember when I would touch the Texas power bar, but then I started learning. I was like, Hey, this is a stiff bar though. And then I started learning the memes of the Texas power bar. Like, Oh, that's just a cheap deadlift bar. Like, uh, yeah, and it had so much whip to it. The Ohio Power Bar even got, got a little bit of whip to it. <laughs> Not as much as the Texas, but, you know, that's when I started finding the skinniest collared bars I could find. <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. It, it is never, nuts. How we yeah, you never would have... Yeah, never would have thought I'd been looking for this um, in 2018. <laughs> bar specific. Yeah, the right. dude who's dropping the bar on the safeties, hopping right. over the bench. That dude would become. This is like um Sam Calhoun, the uh, 63 kilo U.S. champ. 
she's been doing like a lot of swimming and she posted yeah. in one of her Instagram stories. She's like, you know, I don't like the, uh, the water there's, it's not clear enough. I got to clean it. I got to, she's like, I'm starting to turn to a fucking swimming elitist now, just like I am with power. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the pool water, it's gotta be like, she's like, I'm starting to go in that direction. It's crazy how when you're training, if you do anything every single day, you start noticing these little things and it starts being yeah. like, you notice it, man. these the little things yeah. matter, right? Yep. And I, I love how, like, it's just, just learn. I just love it. I, it's just a learning process, learning about what helps you, what can mess you up and how you can get better. And it helps positioning comes into the fact that like, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. It can definitely, place, whatever equipment. It's funny though, but. It can definitely pull you in and out of position. Um, so you've, you've had how many competitions you've had now? Four, right? That's right. Three. Yeah. Is it three. three. Okay. So no, yeah. sorry. Three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the one is the same comp. Woman's, I'm looking at the results. So, two of them, two of your three competitions was US Raw Nats. So, you weren't, you weren't playing when you said you, you're the table goes big. Right. <laughs> yeah. Two out of three is the biggest competition in all the US. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Raw Nats. I love it. I love it. I quickly went out of like the local meet was lit. I'm not going to lie, but like competing nationally is where it's at i love the competition it's a different vibe environment you can get challenged thrown out of placing mm. it's way different what, that's why I, i'm also a believer of like records like you know should not be set at a local meet because that's easy as hell way right. easier compared to nationally where you got the judges and all the, all the other stuff and shit it's crazy yeah and, and the uh the officiating level should be higher at a national level yeah. or a world level mm -hmm. Um, right. which at a local meet, you wouldn't expect, I mean, who knows what you might get at a local competition. Yeah, right. Who knows? Yeah. Let's take away those question marks. If it's going to be for history, for sure. Um, <laughs> so what are you thinking in terms of, well, okay. So first off, that was the, the last time you competed was, um, June 14th. So yeah. for, for us run nets. Yeah. And then it, after it, that, we, we, we touched on it briefly, but obviously the sudden passing of your right hand man, Black Tom Cruise. Uh, if you if you are right to talk about it, how would that? I was absolutely shocked and rattled. The man was thirty nine years old, and to lose somebody, um, whom you're not expecting. It's not that he's old. It's not that he's and he's right there. It wasn't. He wasn't sick. Ah, uh, um. I literally, it was just, I was just finishing, you know, Raw Nats vacation in Florida. Um, not Florida, Miami. Wait, no, Daytona Beach. And um, I went to Boston for my birthday. So we hardly had any sessions because, you know, Raw Nats. Then I went to Boston and then I finally came back. And I hear car accident. I'm like, what? I, I was literally at a loss for words. I, I was frozen. And, um, you know, it was just shocking. I was like, fuck, it's going to be a long-ass recovery process. Um, and then, you know, finally the other news. It's just crazy. Even now, this was this has been like, what, almost two weeks now, and it's still shocking. Well, the funeral was today. Um, oh, shit, I had coming, no idea, dude. Yeah, just, just came from it like a few hours ago. Uh, it's pretty sad. It was one definitely the saddest thing ever. Uh, we were watching the, the memorial, the videos, and all I saw was 
our video, Larry's videos of him and my videos of him with him. And it was with the piano in the back. It was the saddest thing in the world, to be honest. But um, what was your question though? I didn't really Well, I mean, I look at it. It wasn't even a specific, um, put it this way. Okay. So around the same time, I lost one of my boys from high school and um, like he was my right hand yeah. man as well. And uh, here's the thing when it comes to like, like, and it was sudden and, and he wasn't yeah. sick. And when it comes out of nowhere and they're not sick and the guy like, like, like the black, his fucking nickname was the black Tom Cruise for God's sake. Like when he ends up in an auto accident, you're not you're when you, when Superman passes, like that's your dude. That's the guy that like yeah. was larger than life. You know, he was, um, he was that he like, he was like the big brother that when you show up at a competition, you're showing up with him. When you go to a meet, you meet with him. When you were transitioning from the kid making those videos, flashy videos, and all of a sudden you're in video with him, ain't nobody talking shit then though, right? Like that was the dude. And, um, you know, when he's like your guy like that, and, and if he gets in an auto accident, you almost think like you thought initially, that's going to be a shitty recovery, but this is fucking Otis. Is, that's, that's, Otis is Otis, man. This is, this is the... Black Tom Cruise, yeah. you know, you almost, it's, it's a rattling thing to get the news in processing. It doesn't make sense. It no, doesn't make it, sense. It, it didn't at all. Like it, it was kind of ridiculous to me on processing it. Um, Cause you know, I never had a friend that was in a major accident or something like that. And it's, it's the best friend. It's not just a friend, like the yeah. brother. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Unreal. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Is it? But sorry, hmm? go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, all the memories all gonna be cherished. Like in, in motive moment, looking back at the videos really inspires me to even go harder, go crazier. Cause there was so many things left undone. Like I want I honestly honestly I wanted him to see me bench five hundred for the first time, pull whatever for the first time, stuff like that. So now it's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking like, uh, is there some type of passion lost for chasing whatever number? But, you know, I've, I've been doing it for myself. I'm doing it for myself. But there is some type of like, damn, I'm not really as motivated to hit this PR as I would have been if he, you know, was there to talk about it with me. Like, yo, I finally, yo, remember last year I couldn't do that? And I was struggling with you. You know, it's crazy. It's pretty, pretty wild. It's weird. That's when like you... the. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that was that's like the biggest thing. Like, you can't. Uh... And he was just recovering, like from his minor injuries, from his knee, his elbow, and he was on the verge to deadlifting eight, uh, nine plates. And yeah, I wanted to go neck and neck with him and shit. It, it it's tough when um when you have like almost a daily routine, you used to reaching out to somebody, right? And they're right there and they're in that foxhole with you. You know what I'm saying? Where you have some people where they're in the foxhole with you day in, day out. And then all of a sudden it's like, I just can't reach out to them anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel cold. Like it's dark. But you know, you still got to get through your day, get your stuff done. And yeah, you gotta stay positive, keep living. You got other things to live for, shit like that. Mm. Stay positive, keep the positive vibe going strong. But it is a missing piece, it is hard, you know. 
it's crazy. Does seeing Larry, uh, when you showed up, met Larry, one not there for the funeral, um, like did it help seeing everybody else and knowing other people going through the same thing? Yeah, it, it was a lot of love there. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of love seeing everybody greeting me, meeting some people, hearing that he was talking. I, I got a lot of people that I didn't even know. Um, said Bobby, Bob, he, he said Bobby, they said Bobby, he used to talk about you all the time. Bob, he used to mention Bob all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, oh. you know, kind of crazy. Isn't it? But uh, yeah, it's, it's heartfelt, it's crazy. Isn't it wild how sometimes, um, like that is the hardest, is some people might not always say everything to you with their thinking about you, right? And um, right. You, like, and cause you're boys. You know, we don't, we don't normally talk like that, but then if you hear, so my boy was, he, when we were younger, uh, we were like in high school. I knew him when we were like 13, we went to high school together, early twenties, lived together when we were in college. And then he ended up getting into drugs. I went a different route. So we stopped really seeing each other. Right. Right. And then, um, I remember at like in our thirties, I visited him. He reached out and goes, man, I'm in rehab. If you want to come and see me, I know like we kind of went about our own ways, but if you want to come and see me and uh, I showed up to the rehab center and um, I was late. I wasn't sure. Like, I, man, this, I'm totally out of my element. So I was late walking in. Like I said, I was going to, but I knew he's going to be there because you don't leave. Like it's not like he's on a schedule. So he was in the mm-hmm. main room with a bunch of people talking to people and like, it's exactly like you were saying where, before I walked in, he was telling the people, he was bragging to them about me and listening to uh, him, listening to him, tell them about me. Like, yeah, man, that's my boy. He was, he's like, just, just, you don't, we don't talk like that to each other and we don't tell people that shit, but he's bragging to these people, right? Cause it made him feel good to be my boy. And like, and mm. then, and then he finished being like, but yeah, he's probably not going to come, you know, he's really busy and shit. And um, uh, doing all these things, and I fuck man, I was like, oh man, I'm almost getting emotional right now thinking about it. And um, and then I pushed through the doors because I could hear him saying it. I could hear his voice. That's your boy from like uh, you know, his voice. Push through the doors. He turned around and seen me, and then his look on yeah. his fucking face when he lit up. And he's like, there he is. And then everybody's awesome. like, no shit. And I was like, yeah. he's like, you came. I'm like, yeah, I came, man. Of course ah, I came. you're making the tears come. Dude, yeah. I like, um, ah. it was, it's tough, man. Cause I, uh, yeah. you know, you, you, um, I never heard him talk like that about me, man. And, uh, and I fucking, that's a moment that like, I'm so glad I was like 20 minutes late and I'm so glad I got yeah. to hear the way he actually thought about me. And, um, and I fucking, I had no idea. And so I, we walked like, you know, around the, we walked around the rehab center together and he's like so proud pointing, like being, talking to people, being like, this is my, this is my boy, his name's six pack. He's got, I had a TV show at the time. Uh, he's, like, he's on TV and shit. He was like talking about me. Like, and I'm like, fuck breezer. That's his nickname. I'm like breezer, man. And then afterwards, like, I'm like, man, you got to get better, man. And we'd have a yeah. heart to heart. And um, so when I, I saw his, uh, his memorial was just a couple of weeks ago. And I, when I went to his mom's house, and everyone was meeting there in the backyard. She saw me walk through into the backyard and all the boys were coming in behind me. And she looked up and saw me and that's when she started crying. Cause like, um, she's like fucking, I remember when you guys were kids, man. Uh, coming through that backyard every day, you came through that backyard to pick like at lunch. 
And he's like, uh, and that, you know, just the same yeah. thing. We saw videos and pictures of each other when we were younger, we were lifting weights. We were super into lifting weights together. And then, um, and I told her that story and I'm like, I fucking, the problem is I never told him what I thought about him. Uh, <laughs> I never got to give him his flowers, crazy. dog. He gave me my flowers and I didn't give him his. And that fucking eats me right now. And uh, it is what it is, man. I, I'm gonna sit with that. But like, you learn some things in life, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's some shit. That's some things where like life teaches you. Like, like, like yeah. we we just experienced me and you within the uh, two week span. Yeah, yeah, man, it's tough. So when I met people yeah. at the memorial and they're like, um, "My name's Ryan Lapidad," and they're like, mm-hmm. six pack," and I go, uh... "Yeah," and they're like holy shit he talked about you like whoa what, really and I'm like yeah man it's tough man it's a tough yeah, one definitely man. it's uh, i wasn't uh i wasn't expecting to have, i had to look up to literally avoid tears freaking dude, running down my face dude. Yeah, i mean I, I i know but i didn't want to be uh i, I didn't want to like when the videos were playing i was like damn i had to look up literally look up cool so, okay, you know, right? Um, I couldn't, I couldn't not look up. So if I looked down, it was gonna fall. <laughs> hmm. It was crazy. Well, I, I've been like that too, man. When you uh, like when I was there, sometimes like if you looked at somebody, like I looked at his little sister. He's got two little sisters or his brother, and um, if they look at you back and you're like, "Fuck me, don't like," or you look over and you're like, "If you look at me back, I'm a fuck. I'm not barely keeping it together right now." So. Don't, don't bring me back yeah. you know what i mean like it's tough man there's tough situations but um like you said it, it helps to like have people around you going through the exact same shit um so that's why when i asked about like larry like when i walked in there with the fellas um we all met he lived like right close to our high school we used to like walk to high school together and um we all met at the high school and walked over to his pad and walked together and when you have each other man it's so much easier when you have like yeah. other people going through the same shit yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, man, it's a crazy. That's what I'm saying. You're 24. You going through yeah. this is different. You, you, this is. You're a young man to be going through this. I, I know, right? I, I would. I. It's crazy. Like I never lost someone close to me, ever. But so I thought I was a, I was a late person. So like I thought other people deal with stuff like that. But then again, you know, I'm young as hell at the same time. It's crazy. It's just crazy. You never expect it to happen, but you have so many years left in life, and shit like that is bound to happen because life is crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But he was the fact that he was thirty. He was older. Like how was he? Was like, like I you you guys are boys, but you also were like because he is older. He's almost was he. I don't know, how was the relationship? But is he more like mentorish? Was he more like big brotherish? Or was it more just like, nah, man, we didn't realize there was an age difference? Or did he sometimes we look definitely, at you? We definitely didn't realize there was an age difference. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. At the same time, big brother, big brother on both parts. I would help him out with some stuff. He would help me out with some stuff. Hmm. Um, like, you know, in the gym, lifting stuff, whatever. And then, you know, he'd spot me at restaurants and shit when he didn't have to. And I was like, yo, Chill, I'm not trying to stop. And then he would go for it anyways. Um, yeah, that relationship was kind of crazy. It was wild. Three years. I'm the person I don't let anybody in at all because I keep my circle small, but ah, that's crazy. 
it's That's tough true. when you, you um yeah when you let somebody in though and then you know what i mean yeah. where well here's another thing talking about takashi am i crazy did i not see a video was black tom cruise and larry nah. bodyguarding what was going on there were they bodyguarding um, i think he knew him from way back i don't think i don't think he was bodyguarding for takashi dog he looked I don't like think it. he was he, he definitely wasn't gonna do that that, that was a very risky oh, um shit. i think I think he knew him from when he was younger. Kashi. He knew him from when he was younger, from what I heard. Because they were they were at a restaurant, Larry, yeah. Black Black Tom Cruise, and um and Takashi's 6'9, dude. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? And this was right after um Takashi had been, dude. I just I just watched this documentary on Takashi. And um, hmm. have you seen it? It was it's on Crave. Do you know all about Takashi's like he was with the tray, uh, oh, nine tray. I know, I Dude, know everything. Really? <laughs> this happened in yeah, it happened in New York. I know everything, but I didn't hit. I didn't watch the documentary. But that I is do right. know You're a lot Brooklyn. About That's right. So tell, let's yeah. talk about it a minute, because I love this story. Um, uh, is, 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 is this like Brooklyn legend? Uh, six nine. It's you, a, a little Brooklyn, little fake legend. Yeah, you could say you could say that. He definitely doesn't get respect in Brooklyn, but um, uh, I mean, not on my part. You know, I'm I. I'm neutral as fuck. Um, it's a story. They basically did him dirty as hell. Why? Uh, it's a story. It's a story. Cause he, he lived cause that he, life. He, he hooked up. He, he hooked up with the nine nine tray bloods, and um, he got crazy quick Instagram fame, social media fame, and yeah. um, like I mean, super fast. Signed to a label. And I forget the dude's name, but he was straight up nine tray blood and Takashi was not. And um, he was in a different neighborhood, Brooklyn, no, but different neighborhood. So when, when he was signed to the label, what's that? Sorry. Was it shoddy? So um, the first dude was not shoddy. First, he signed to the label. The label signs him and they do a video. And the guy who, who he first signed with, now he's, this is on this video that he meets shoddy. So the guy he first signed with, it says Takashi, come to my neighborhood. Um, I'm gonna bring out all the all the bloods, and um, we'll be blooded up in the background. And he told Takashi, just bring your Mexican flag, because Takashi was Mexican slash Puerto Rican. And he goes, just bring mm -hmm. that. That's good. We're gonna wait. We're gonna have our flags, which is the blood flags, right? Like they. So yeah. our bandanas the whole night. Takashi shows up with the fucking red bandanas all over him, and he raps. They're all in the background, and and the one dude said, I thought I said with a Mexican flag, man. Like, you're not a blood, though. And then Takashi's like, it's good. It's just a video. And his reaction was, fuck it. It's just a video. So then, so Takashi's throwing around the blood. And then they, um, it happened, another video. And next thing you know, in like Instagram videos, pictures, he's all blooded up red. Yep. And, um, and, and then- these videos literally happened like 20 minutes away from me. Oh, really? No shit? Yes. yes. Dude! But, yo, yeah, I'm in Crown Heights. I'm in Crown Heights. Bobby, nah. what you got, you're telling me now? Wow, we'll get to the no shit. Uh, so, yeah. so you you um, so do you know some of these? Like you've heard about these guys previously? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't I don't go digging all in the details, but yeah. no, no, I will not put you on the spot for it. No, hey, uh, fuck, man, I seen the documentary. We don't got a press, but um. Yeah. No shit. Well, Bob, this, this, they were talking about it. And, um, so they were all throwing up that shit. And, uh, 
then once it started getting like the videos absolutely blew up and within a month we had like 40 million views and that's when shoddy was like started moving in and was asking a bunch oh, of questions yeah. and the one blood he's much lower level than shoddy and he's the guy who signed him originally and the the interviewer was like well why did you let shoddy move in and he's like the wolves need to be fed so he's like referring to shoddy so he's like if I didn't let him come in, he was coming in. At least if I let him come in, come in, be his manager, you take a cut, maybe that's good enough. But yeah. eventually this guy got squeezed out and Shoddy totally took it over, took over the lap, took over everything. Just because he's like, look at I that was gonna if that was gonna happen, that was gonna happen. If I could mitigate it and try to make it, can we both eat? But then like but Shoddy apparently was a much stronger mm. higher up dude where he was like, no, I think I'm going to only eat. You know, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to yeah. eat. And it became, fuck. But then as it turned out, um, you know, obviously shit went crazy. One of the yeah. other, one of Harv, another dude, uh, Nine Trey, higher up. Oh, muscle, yeah. And, and Harv, Harv and Shadi are older in their 30s. And it already done, talk, like we're street. They talk about like their, their credibility on the street was like everybody knew who they were. You, you know, you say Harvey, you say Shoddy, they all knew who they were. Yeah. Already in their 30s. And if they've been in the streets since their teens, we're talking 20 fucking years of putting in work. So the difference between the guys that that um Takashi first linked up with and these dudes, it started going up the chain real quick, maybe too quick. So then Harv ended up yeah. Harv ended, yeah, too quick. This is getting too really you, you're going too quick, you're going too big within like yeah. six months. You, you know what I mean? You went from Maybe bring the Mexican flag. No, nah, I think I'll bring a blood flag too. All right, now, now, now you're, you're on the radar of two big names, man. It's getting out right. of control. And that's like, this documentary is amazing if you get your hands on it. And then, um, so anyways, uh, long story short. Yes, yeah, so then Harv ended up um, uh, jacking him up, kidnapping him, robbing him at gunpoint, taking yep. him to his girl's house at gunpoint. All of this is actually on video. It's all on video. This is public knowledge. This is obviously yeah. if, I know, if I know when I'm like south of Toronto, it's all public knowledge. I don't got it. so um, it's and he's saying Harv's name and all that on the video because the the car he was in that Harv ended up jacking and taking him out of was actually already bugged because the FBI was all over these guys anyways. So then um, it was found out like holy shit! Like this is the this is when I think the Kashi realized I should not have been fucking with these dudes. These are not my friends. These dudes, I am a, I am a cash cow to these fellas. They will be, they will shake my hand, but they are not my fucking friend, man. He knew that. He knew that. Come on. Oh, some people are naive. They're just dumb, or they're trying to tell them. I, I know. I'm, I'm on par with these big boys. No, you're not, dude. You're not these dudes. You're not street like these dudes. You you don't. You don't. When these dudes are like. It was <laughs> there's some dudes you just keep your fucking chin down and walk by. They say hi, hi, how you doing? But you will never be their friend, friend like you think. You're not putting in work like they are. And and when Harv wanted to eat, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not getting paid enough, so I'm just gonna take it off you." And that's what he <laughs> did. And it was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" So then, um, Takashi ended up snitching on all of them. The cops came down. Yep. They had all this evidence, and Takashi's like, "Well, fuck it." Um, now I'm not a blood anymore. And it's like, you can't come in and out that quickly, but fine. And, uh, yeah, you put them all away, man. 
It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's such I know, a crazy right? story. It is a crazy story that he survived and he, he's actually still around doing something. Shit. Yeah. Money and he's good. Yeah, crazy. it is it is so wild. Um absolutely fascinating documentary. I can't believe this was like right 20 minutes by your house where you grew up. Yep. Yeah. This is, yeah, Brooklyn is crazy. It can be crazy. Were you so when you were coming up, or is it in like a rough section? Um, or were you just I'm in like the city? middle. I'm in like the middle. Like there's a, a hood like two blocks behind me, and there's another one like five behind. Like it's a park, and everybody oh, it's it's a lot. Brooklyn got a lot going on. <laughs> no, Brooklyn shit. got a lot going on. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's all connected, everything is connected. Everything is connected. Yeah, gang members coming from LA. That's where the Crips is forming. And then you got Chicago. And that's when GD is forming. And then everybody beefs with each other. And then you got different blocks claiming GD or GDK, which is GD killer, which is it's, uh, it's crazy. And when you were growing up, were you just like um, you just avoiding all that shit? Or were you like, did okay, you get I was in- lucky. I was lucky. Cause I was, I unconsciously avoided it. Luckily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I played basketball in that park every single day and every single day from like what, when I got home from school, like five till nine and no conflicts with me, no conflicts with me. It must've been, did you realize all that you had to have been aware all that shit was around you? Of then. course. So of course. it must've been like, and even in, I, I didn't go to high school around here. I, I just live in Brooklyn. I went to high school in Manhattan. And in the Lower East Side, there's like, that's where you got the Spanish gangs. That's where you got Spanish and Black gangs. You got, you got a bunch of shit going on in the Lower East Side in Manhattan. And on my scene, I witnessed a lot. I witnessed a lot over there too. So, yeah. Crazy. It also made up my personality, who I am today. But it's crazy. You got friends and shit like that. People... Try your best to fuck him out of it, although it's probably not gonna work, man. It's a lifestyle to these guys, especially if they grew up in it, especially if they grew into this shit and didn't choose it because it's not chosen, it's not really chosen a lot. A lot of these guys, a lot of them don't choose it. They kind of talked about it in that situation. Well, they in the documentary they talked about how some of these guys, like um, the one guys who owned the label initially that Takashi hooked up with, his grandmother. Yeah was was blood like his grandparents like they were like they were right through his generations of of gangsters right whereas Takashi yeah. chose to link up with these guys when he was already like like 20 years old and the guy the guys they were talking to were like I don't know nobody who's 20 years old and decides to become hanging around gangsters at 20 when you're already good most oh, people exactly yeah, it's like now. do you not Come realize what happens when you hang around these people whereas um a lot of these people they had no choice they grew up in in the wrong project in the situation where it's like i couldn't leave man i leave my house like my my next door like all around me i, I didn't have a choice you have a choice you're coming around like i would if i had a choice yeah. out of here man i don't have a choice you know yeah it's a, uh, it's nine. wild. Like, how about like your your brothers, your your siblings, and the whole nine? Like, um, as a big brother, that would that be tough growing up in this situation too, where you almost got a big brother? People. Well, we all well, we're my my brother and I super close in age, so we always used to just stay together and play. But we'd always be like a tag team, a duo. 
um, balling together. It was never really a concern, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Little brother, though, oh my God. Seven year old, he's into the music and he knows the gang's names. And it's crazy. That's shit. That I would have never, seven years old. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that, it's a good it thing. a little more than me sometimes, but it could be a good thing. But then again, it, no, I don't even see how that could be a good thing. <laughs> well, if he's aware, so he knows not to. If he's aware, so we know if he's aware and he yeah. recognizes this is a problem to not go that path. But if he's aware and he looks up to, that's different. It's good that he's got a guy like you who's like chose athletics, um, is like killing the game and is, is a positive role model doing your thing. Whereas, right. um, I mean, if, if that wasn't the case, it'd be totally different. Yeah, you could easily influence these kids the wrong way. Like if I was in the, if I was in these streets or some shit, I got a little brother. For what he knows already, it's easy, easy connect. But luckily, you know, it's the other way around. It's nuts to think, man. For us, for most people listening, you'd be seven years old. Seven year olds don't even know what the fucking gang is. They wouldn't know what a blood in a crip is. They wouldn't exactly. know anything. Exactly. It's crazy. For 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 to hear that. Um, here's another thing that struck me in that documentary, though, is the one dude's like, man, Takashi didn't even like rap music. Um, he's from Brooklyn and probably wouldn't even be able to rap any Biggie lyrics. And he's like, and that's like a fucking sin. You got to know who Biggie is for God's sake. Um, mm. Cause apparently Takashi was into rock and roll and like heavy metal and shit. He told, dude, this dude. I remember totally, that. I remember that. Really? Yeah. Cause he kind of came out like that initially. He totally was a swagger jacker where he jumped in, took on the music and that's not his music took on like a gang culture. And that wasn't how we grew up. It's like, man, this dude is totally fabricated. He's such an interesting story, even though it ends shitty. Um, and it's a guy who just like morphed into whatever he thought he needed to for fame and money. Cause he's obsessed with being famous and making money. It's such a weird, but then it was over. It happened so quickly. It was over so quickly. It's dog. It is fascinating. You, if you, yeah. if you can get your hands on it, um, especially if it's around your neighborhood, you'd be like, Holy shit. You know, you would. Yeah. It's got to be super into detail if I if I was to get it. It's got to be super like shit. I don't even know. Do you like, do you know a lot? Because I know you can't say a lot, but do you know a lot yeah. about all the people around him? And you're like, I probably know most of it. Yeah, and stuff with his baby mama. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know a lot. I know a lot. <laughs> hey man, oh were you in those baby know. mom? You weren't in those baby mama DMs, were you? What's going on here, man? What? <laughs> what? Imagine. Imagine. But, but uh, yeah, man, no, it's a it's a hell of a documentary, man. Um, does it mean a lot to you in terms of, you know, being a positive role model? In in, do you think about that kind of thing with the following you have? Definitely, I, I like to. I, I want to inspire people to just go out and do it, like like I did. Shit. Every I'm a, my my DMs are an open book. I answer almost. I try to answer every DM I possibly can if I see it, especially. Um, yeah, I try to be like I remember. I used to be hitting up people, and I used to be hyped when they would respond back. Yeah. Russ was one of them. Um, Larry was another one. Shit, I remember when he followed me. But I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this was way when I when I was back when I was like at I, I was trash as a whatever. Um. So you you get that like a dopamine like you just get that nice little good feeling like it's it's just a good feeling when your role model like you know inspires you and then they hit you up blah 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 so yeah I like being a role model I guess I could say mm -hmm. it's amazing it's a good feeling 
give people um yeah uh, for sure man they say you never want to meet your idols or heroes or whatever i know maybe that's kind of weird for me to put it in that perspective be like holy shit is that what i am to some people but you don't even know how some people might be looking at you especially in the future if you start you know progressing and doing some of the goals you want to hit what are some yeah. of these goals you want to hit like what do you feel like you want to get mm -hmm. out of in terms of powerlifting what are some of the goals oh. both numbers and achieving well, realistically, you, I, I got to look at what's realistic, my build. Um, first, I got to grow. Because I, I don't think I could do anything out staying at my body weight. Wait, give me one second. Yeah, yeah. Give me one second. You need something? I need All right. Oh, better So you go, you got I gotta look at my body weight, see what's realistic. I know I gotta move up to 105. First, I wanna squat, I gotta squat mid sevens, something in the mid sevens. I'm, my goal is to literally just be competitive as fuck. So I'm talking, I'm climb, trying to climb up the 105 ranks, or if me and my coach decide we're just gonna cut from 93, cut to 93. Whatever it is, whatever the case may be, I gotta get to a mid seven squat. Um, I gotta get the bench up too, mid fours. And deadlift, I finally have to hit eight. And not only that, I got to, if I'm going up to 105, I got to hit a lot more than eight, to be honest. I like how David Wilson, David Wilson, he moved up and he's doing his thing for real, for real. Deadlift is blowing up. Squat is blowing up. That's the type of time I have to be on. Like my numbers have to, I look at him and me and him as similar numbers when he was a 93. Like, I mean, somewhat of a similar squat. He had a little more of a bench than me, and his deadlift was our deadlifts were on par. Although he's actually he doesn't choke. <laughs> well, I'm dead. Yeah. So, so you think? Are you actually thinking about moving up to the 105s? Is that uh, is it kind of? Yeah, that's well. Right now, I'm gonna I'm on a slow, slow bulk, so I might be doing another 93 meet. I don't know, but for sure, I'm gonna be heavy. I'm gonna be like 210, 213, or some shit. Um. Yes, I want to do. I personally want to do never one nine one oh five, and never want to see one ninety three ever again. To be honest, it's a hell of a jump though. Like one oh five is two hundred thirty one pounds. If like you could be a small one oh five, but there's a reason why there's weight classes because bulk moves bulk, mass moves mass. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing is with me, I feel like my um, like me at ninety three, I'm my I'm I just feel too. To a skinny, bony at ninety three, to be honest, and no matter how much muscle mass I put on, I'm already five five eleven. Yeah, and it's it's, it's hard. I feel weird at ninety three, so I would I was testing the waters, seeing uh, test just testing the waters now, seeing how it feels to move up to one hundred five, and I feel like I will explode as one hundred five because already my I'm just starting my bench and I'm what three pounds into my bulk. Although you know I'm doing it month every month, I'm taking a pound at a time, doing it real slow. My bench is already blowing up. Mm. so i do i feel like it's a lot of potential there yeah yeah Not a lot I'm, of goals it, there, yeah for sure especially with the the like the bench press is one thing that really goes up with a little bit of body mm -hmm. size in the squat uh the bench yeah. like the racked ones go up for some reason when the body size goes up and yeah. when all is said and done here's a question i always ask everybody when i have them on the podcast mm. when you're done powerlifting and you look back as an old man, how do you want to be remembered? Damn. 
want how I want to be remembered. I want my resume to be stacked. I'm trying to win some gold. I got to win some chips. I know I'm only in my third meet so far, and I'm going into my fourth, but I'm trying to have records. I know records get broken year after year after year, but I'm trying to be someone known. Like, if I have to move up to the 120s to do it, I'm going to do it. If I, maybe not. I'm probably talking shit, but still, I'm trying to be known. I'm trying to be known. Like, I'm trying to be known in the record books, for real. Make a splash in the powerlifting. There's monsters in the fucking 105s. Ashton, this new guy, Anatoly. Yeah, Anatoly Hunt, from Ukraine. Yeah. All uh-huh. these guys, Bryce, David, everybody. But um, I gotta look at that and be like, yo, you wanna get to the next level? Use these guys as inspiration and just catch, catch up. Right now it's play catch up for me. And if I remain 93, it's the same thing. Gavin and Keiko, take catch up. That's basically the name of the game right now. Just get my name out there and win. I got to win. That's pretty pretty much it. And uh, one more question. And uh, listen, I appreciate your time. We're getting close to two hours. If you could tell advice to the younger version of you, what would you tell yourself? What would I tell myself? Hmm. I would definitely say, I look at myself and be like, all right, take this from me. You got to get a coach. It's going to change your life. Right, What you're doing right now is not sustainable. A coach will get you to the next level. Something else I also say is track your macros a lot earlier. There's so much I didn't do that I could have been doing then. And it would have helped me a lot more. Um, not much, though. I'm not going to lie, because I, I, not much. Not much I would tell myself that I would do, I could do differently. Because it, it's, I, yeah, it's not much I could tell myself. My, my progression was pretty blessed. Yeah. It was pretty blessed. What about like, even, even if it's not powerlifting related though? Oh, powerlifting. Even if it isn't, if it's just period, or you could even tell yourself start powerlifting sooner. Oh my God. That's <laughs> that is one thing. That's one thing, man. I really wish I started sooner. I wish, yo. I'd be looking at some cats and be like, my God, yo. I thought you were doing it, yo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's probably the way it always is, no matter what. Even if yeah. someone starts at 15, they wish they started at 13. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to make the best out of it. You know, it is what it is. Exactly. But, yeah, I wouldn't really tell myself much, though. I'd probably give myself life, life lessons, such as keep going. The, the you know the basic stuff keep going you're gonna do big things you're already doing big things right now i know what you used to think it's in my head too all you gotta do is keep thinking and make it possible that's literally it just make whatever you want possible mm-hmm. and in five years i bet i would tell that the, the same exact thing to myself right now probably literally. yeah <laughs> literally probably listen man i appreciate you coming on here um, you got a hell of a story and it was a unique situation where we got to see you blossom as a person. We got to see you blossom as a lifter, as a, as a social media personality, um, literally from even before you even had your first competition until now. And it's only been a couple short years, but damn, has a lot happened already. And, um, yeah. dude, I hope the best for you. Obviously we're going to, we're going to keep pod, uh, keep, 
keep reposting and your support to the point you said earlier. I remember when I was doing, I am with, and I had one and I had to tack yours on afterwards because I didn't, when I hit the multi-frame, I didn't hit click on tap your frame. I thought I did. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah. everyone's like, where's Bob dog. You don't know how many people DM'd me your support. Yeah. Like it, 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 uh, so many people were like, where's Bob? Where's Bob? Where's Bob? I'm like, what the fuck you mean? Where's Bob? I'm like, holy shit. I had to make all, th- I, wow. that had to go up. You know, it, it was, it, it's, saw- a tes- <laughs> it's a testament to how many, to your support, man. There's a lot of people out there. It's got to feel good because it's just a quick, sh- a couple short years. And here you are already. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm trying not to disappoint anybody. Child, I love it. It's crazy. And yeah. I'll never take it for granted. As well as you, you know, reposting me from back then, shit, doing crazy stuff. I definitely don't take that for granted. You didn't have to post that. I don't take that for granted at all. That's definitely appreciated. Shit. It is. And I remember you, you hit me up before Nats, my first national. Appreciate that too. Yeah, man. Wow. Right before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew, um, like you had already had a big following, man. And you were all, you were getting ready for this thing. And it had been a long time coming. I look forward to it, buddy. I am in your corner. Um, you know, you need me, you got me. Good luck with everything. We'll keep in touch and much Definitely. appreciated, my man. Is there anybody you want to thank before I let you go? Hey, there's a million people, man. Yeah, thank Black Tom Cruise for getting me here. Would have never been this strong without him. Shit, thank Ashton for motivating the fuck out of me because he's my biggest motivator to this day. And if we're talking about being a competitor, thank Russ Lurie for getting me in the sport. Larry Lewis for getting me in the sport. Thank you. And if I didn't shout you out, my bad. I'm sorry. (laughs) There it is, man. Much appreciated. We'll keep in touch and good luck with training. Definitely, man. Thank you for having me. You bet. See you, buddy. Hey. All right, man.